Hello? Paul. Hey, how are you? Good, how are you? I think we are already recording. So welcome to another uh, Webbing to Surf podcast where we talk about how people leverage technology to improve the quality of their lives. Today, I have Paul Kowalski on, who is someone I just met through YouTube uh, yesterday. Um, Paul, I saw a video that you put up, and it was basically you leaving um, AdRoll, and you had just quit your job, right? Yep, that's correct. Wow. So I was pretty, I was sort of, uh, you know, the video sort of hit me real hard, like, wow, this is a really big time for this guy. He's literally driving away from the job he just quit from a company that is really cool. I mean, we've worked with AdRoll, um, our marketing agency, and that's a big step. So, so tell me about that. Like, what, what happened and what led up to this? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I would say that I had it planned out for a while. So um, I'd been working for AdRoll for a number of years, but always had this idea that I wanted to work remotely. Um, I, had, I had studied abroad in, in Florence during college, and, and after college, I took a job at a company called Busta Alps. They're a student travel agency. Um, anybody that's like studied abroad anywhere in Europe has, has probably heard of them or, or maybe even went on a trip. But um, I was obsessed with this, this idea of traveling and working, but for a long time, uh, saw it as being difficult, right? Like, how am I going to travel the world and, and earn an income? And after um, working at AdRoll for a number of years, I came to the conclusion that I'd gotten my career to a place where um, I was able to kind of take this risk to, to go after this thing. And obviously, with the, the opportunities that technology allow for today, it, it, it hasn't been as much of a risk because there's so much opportunity to earn income online. So let me ask you, because the next, so I don't know, again, we've never met until now. Um, so I'm a co-owner of Vallarta Cowork here in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. Uh, so I meet, you know, digital nomads every day. Mm-hmm. And the natural progression, it seems, is usually the first step is you try to work remotely for your current company. So did you try that with AdRoll and they said no? Um, no, and but it's it's interesting that you you mentioned that because um, I was actually reading a, a book. Uh, I think it's called Re- Remote, and one of the points they make is if you've ever taken a day off and worked at like a coffee shop or worked from home, you are already working remotely, right? Mm-hmm. So yep. um, I had I had a l- number of days in my career at Admiral when I was working from home, and I realized. All the, th- the majority of the things that I'm doing, b- excluding like meeting clients in person, was done online. I'm, I'm managing advertising campaigns online. I'm working through my email. I'm, I'm having uh, Google uh, phone calls. So everything I was doing, I was already doing uh, remotely. And does AdRoll allow employees to work remotely? Or that was just a, a sort of a breaking point where you had to say, you know what, I'm going to have to leave because I want to go remote. Um, AdRoll allows some engineers to work remotely. And of course you can work from home or, you know, if you're doing client meetings, you know, you're going to a different city, you're working from the hotel sometimes. But, um, for me, my, my desire to work remotely was not to actually work for, for AdRoll was to actually start some of my own like side hustles, my own passion projects. So that brings me to my next question. Cause when I was first saw the video and I was like, wow, because People who want to work remotely, right? I, I talk to people all the time and they're like, I want to be a digital nomad, but what I do now does not translate to working online. 
Right. So what should I go into that would be a good field that I could work remotely for uh, from? And one of my favorites is always um, managing ads, learn how to manage Facebook ads or AdWords. Mm. And so when I saw your position, I thought, oh, this guy is going to have an easy transition because he can just get his own clients and manage ads. But it sounds like that's not what you plan to do. I think um, I think that might be part of it. The The interesting thing is, you know, I, I've developed this skill set and I do. It, it's the most obvious way for me to earn income. Right. Like I could I could hit up uh, companies right now. I could go on LinkedIn, on Instagram prospects, uh, get clients that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but right now the projects that I'm working on are, are things that aren't as like immediately revenue generating. I, I have my own podcast, for example, but they're just fun for me. And, and for me, like I've worked for a couple of years, I've, I've saved up some, some money. I'm, I'm 28 years old now. It's, I'm, I'm kind of at the point where part of working remotely is the ability for me to like pursue these passion projects. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So yeah, you had mentioned, um, something that I think, uh, it just keeps intersecting into my life more and more um, being meditation. So the other day, I don't know if you follow Gary Vaynerchuk or the Ask Gary V show, but I watch, a... I watch way too much Gary Vaynerchuk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> All right. So we're fellow Vaniacs. Um, so he had this dude, Ray Dalio on the other day, who's a mm-hmm. massive hedge fund uh, guy. And he is an older gentleman, but he, I was really shocked when he started talking about meditation and how into it he is and how the way he spoke about it was like, man, I really need to like carve out some time to explore this. And you had mentioned that this is something you're um, working on as well. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. And actually, um, Ray practices transcendental meditation, which is is pretty much identical to the the practice that that I do on a daily basis. So can you tell us about that? I mean, I find this so fascinating. Is it really like the way he described it? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, it's, it's funny. I actually just shot a video about this. The, the idea of, of um, th- that type of meditation specifically is an effortless practice. Um, so what you're doing is you're, you're given a mantra by a meditation teacher and you're told to repeat it effortlessly, right? So you kind of repeat it in your mind, you close your eyes and you repeat it very gently, very slowly. And, you know, thoughts start to come in. Um, and once you realize your, your thinking, once you're conscious of the fact that, oh, shit, my brain's, you know, thinking about something else, you just slowly integrate that mantra back into your, your thoughts, right? And the, the practice is, is not going to a place where you're completely calm or completely zen. Um, that happens at certain times in the meditation, but the, the practice is going from, I realize I, I'm thinking about something to I'm going to effortlessly go back to the mantra. And um, when you do that on a daily basis, over time, what happens is this practice of effortlessness starts applying to other areas of your, your life, right? Like you're, you're going to, to do your homework or you're going to deal with something kind of uh, that might be anxiety and inducing. And you start to feel that anxiety and you kind of start to become more aware and like effortlessly go back to, I don't have to let this affect me as much as it really is trying to right now. That's interesting. So the mantra is sort of like a metaphor for just uh, anything. Like in, when you have a thought that pops into your head and you go back to your mantra, it's sort of like chaos in your life and you just go back to 
calm or centered. Exactly. Because I mean, if you, if you think about it, there's, there's so many things in our life that like on a daily basis that just could pull us away. And it's the practice of like making sure that we don't get as attached to that. Um, one of the, one of the most important things for me is, is kind of just stopping that feedback loop, right? Like I've, I'm someone that I've, I've struggled with like anxiety before and what anxiety is, it's, it's, um, it, it can it can kind of extend itself out, right? Like you, if you're if you're somebody that you're socially awkward, you have an awkward moment and you spend the next three hours thinking about that. And the the anxiety part of it is that time period. Um, what meditation teaches is to kind of like, okay, this is this is a, a reaction, but it doesn't have to be a half hour, forty five minutes. I'm conscious of it now and I'm just going to continue to move on. Um, one of the, one of the cool analogies is uh, a lot of like meditators talk about going back to like, you're being like a child. And if, if you, I don't know if you have kids, but if you, if anybody has kids, you know that kids will like be crying or freaking out about something. And then 15 minutes later, they completely forget about it. Like they're, yeah, they're they just kind of go through life. They react, but they don't, they don't hold on to things a, as much and the, uh, the meditation I do is a practice of kind of getting back to that space. That's really cool. And I think uh, it's appealing to me because the meditation that I've tried, it's okay, clear your mind. And I, I'm constantly just thinking, well, I'm thinking about this. So clearly right. I'm not, you know what I mean? So I think I was missing the mantra piece of it. Yeah. And I mean, so, I think um, even like even mindfulness, sorry to, to interrupt, but even like going back to the breath, the, the whole point, so many people... When, when I tell them I meditate or they, they're like, well, my brain doesn't stop thinking. Mm -hmm. And yeah, nobody's brain stops thinking. It's not about your brain stopping thinking. It's about the practice of getting to a quiet space. Your brain starts to think and then coming back to that. So how do you get your mantra? Do you pick your own or someone has to give you one? So the, the, the type of um, meditation that, that I learned, um, I, it's called Vedic meditation. A lot of people might know it as, as transcendental meditation, but you, uh, you pay to take a course and then the teacher actually gives you a mantra. And it's based on like a, a, a number of, of different factors. I don't know too much about that, um, but I know that it's supposed to be unique to you. And I think there's something like eight, eight to 12 mantras that they give out. Oh, interesting. And how mm -hmm. much was the course out of curiosity? Yeah. Um, so it's one of the uh, like pro preventative things about this course specifically is, is the price. What they do is they um, what's it, what it's called is the householders meditation because it was created for individuals that don't want to go meditate in years mm -hmm. that want to live life that want to have kids and, and work and, and everything else. Um, what they do is they recommend like, a, I think it's a week of your salary. So I think that I, I paid um, like 600 or $700 for the four day class. Now people might think that's, that's crazy, right? But the way that I think about it when, when doing something like this, it's like, because I attach, because I made that much of a monetary investment, I attached that amount of value. So I respect it a little bit more. I feel like if I had, if it was free for me, like if it wasn't as hard to, to do this, it wouldn't have stuck as much. So I just look at it as, a, as an investment. And to be honest with you, like in the couple months that I've started doing it, I'm, I'm not spending as much going out. Like I don't, I don't drink as much. Um, like there, there's certain things that I'm kind of reducing my costs um, just normally. So I see it as something that's paying off in the long term. Nice. 
And coming back to your new life as a digital nomad, um, is meditation part of how you're going to make money as you travel? Or is this just a practice that you've adopted? Um, to be honest, man, like, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, having a, I'm having a lot of fun with it right now. I've, I've kind of thought about being a meditation teacher in a, in a couple of years. But I think what it is for me is just like, if you're, if you're listening to this podcast and, and you're working remotely, um, or you're thinking about working remotely, one of the major things is like the amount of travel and the amount of change that's going to be in your life. Like change would, would be a constant. Mm -hmm. And uh, for me, meditation is a practice to just kind of be a little bit more consistent. Something I think about a lot is like decision-making fatigue, right? Um, and if I was starting this digital nomad lifestyle, I'm traveling every week. You know, I have to think about the logistics of I have to book an Airbnb and where am I going to get food and everything else. Um, I want to kind of organi organize my life in such a way that allows as little decision-making fatigue as possible so that I can focus on the things that matter to me. Very cool. And do you have your destinations mapped out already? Um, I have a to Kuala Lumpur, but other than that, I have a few ideas. I know that I want to go to Bali. I know that I want to go to Chiang Mai. I know that I want to go to uh, Rishikesh in, in India, obviously being me uh, a meditator. Um, but beyond that, um, I'm, I'm kind of like up for grabs on, on where I'm going to be heading. And are you single? I am single. Okay, that makes it easier because I know a lot of people would love to travel, but they, you know, they are married or they may have kids. And so it gets tough. Which leads me to my next question. For how long do you plan to nomad or is it just totally up in the air? You know, it's a, it's an interesting question. I, I kind of travel around a lot. And, you know, the last time I, I left, um, I went to work in San Francisco. My mom's like, are you ever coming back? <laughs> and <laughs> I think that like uh, that some people have this idea of, of permanence, this uh, this kind of like incorrect notion that there's a permanence. To be honest, I don't, I don't know, mm -hmm. right? And I don't think anybody knows. Like, if you told me that you're going to be at your job for 15 years, or you know, I wouldn't believe you. You, you really don't know what the future looks like. I think for me, I'm just kind of pursuing things that I'm the most passionate about and developing a skill set, and I'm seeing where it takes me. I think like even the opportunity to to chat with you because. I know you actually grew up in Pennsylvania and like you're doing this digital nomad thing. I'm just taking these opportunities as I come and I'm having fun with them. Yeah. I mean, I always tell people, I, I'm, I guess I'm technically not a digital nomad. I nomaded to Mexico and then planted myself. Um, so the worry <laughs> of your family is real. Like I just left on a trip and literally never came back. But um, I think that's a, a question that I wanted to ask you is at this point in your journey, are you open to the idea that you won't come back, that you will make some other country your your long or longer term home? You know, I, I think I'm open to it. It's interesting. I was I was doing a, a podcast t today with this um, with this lady that lived in uh, Turkey for for like eight years, and she married a guy there, became became a teacher. And um, one of the things for for me, like a lot of I'm 28 now. Um, I have, I've had three weddings in the past year. Like all of my best friends are getting mm -hmm. married. Everyone's talking about settling down. Um, I might. And, and one of the cool things is I know that if I raise a family, one of the, one of the big priorities for me is to give them that kind of like cultural perspective. And I think living in a different country, you know, if they were raised in an international school, that'd be really cool. Um, one of the most important trips that I took was when I first studied abroad. And like, I know that I want to raise my kids to have that perspective. And I couldn't see myself, you know, even if I was to settle down 
like in, in the States somewhere, I couldn't see myself ever stopping to want to travel to different countries like as much as I can. Yeah. I mean, that's part of the reason I'm drawn to this whole digital nomad movement is one, because I feel like it makes people happier just in general. But two, I feel mm-hmm. like it's subtly making the world a better place because the more you travel, the more you gain perspective and the more perspective you have, you know, I just believe it's harder to be an asshole, <laughs> the more perspective you gain. So I, I just love to see more people picking up and, uh, you know, hitting the road because uh, I know without a doubt, you'll be a better person for it, you know? A hundred percent. I mean, even, you know, if you if you look at like the the current political climate right now, there's a lot of like isolationist type mentality or a lot of like America versus the world, UK, UK versus the world. And I think that people that are more well-traveled just understand that we're all one. And and, you know, when they when they vote, when they make decisions, when they meet other people, I think it builds empathy. Um, It builds understanding. It just makes you a more interesting person, too. Like the way I think about it now is I'm kind of writing my story and like I'm 28. I want to be I want at 30 or 31. I want to have some interesting experiences. Like I want to be that person you meet at the Christmas party that that is going to have a cool conversation with you because I've I've done some things, you Mm -hmm. know, exactly. Awesome. Paul, I don't want to keep you too long. Why don't you just tell us real quick if anybody's listening and they want to follow along with your journey from here on out, where are the best places to find you online? Sure. Um, so, uh, like I said, my name is Paul Kowalski. You can check out my podcast at The Paulcast. Um, it used to be called The Paul Kowalski Podcast, but my friend told me that The Paulcast would be better. So, I totally. think it's, I love it's the quicker and, and good. I, I like that. And then, um, and then finally, um, my habit development company is called Routine 66. So, if you want to chat about you know, habit development, meditation, anything like that, um, if you that's find me across thing, any of those channels. That's one thing that we didn't talk about that I want to mention real quick. Is that also similar yep. to Ray Dalio, what he was talking about as sort of uh, principles and decision-making based on principles? Well, I think, I think for me, when I think about habit development and, and just like goal setting in general, people have this urgency of I need to do it tomorrow and if you can like come up with a plan, you can really make it as easy as possible. Like I, um, I hired a personal trainer. Actually, I hired uh, Mike Vacanti, Gary Vaynerchuk's. Get out of trainer. here! No way. Um, yeah, yeah, and I did a podcast with him as well. But um, I, I hired him because I knew I needed that accountability, and I lost twenty five pounds in, in three and a half months. Um, but the main reason for that was like I had that process on a day by day basis, and it just became easy after a while. Like. At first, it might have been difficult to, you know, not as eat as much and work out every day. But I truly believe in like a long term vision and your s- slow building block. So that's kind of the um, antithesis or that's how I kind of came up with the idea for Routine 66. Very cool. And are you going to vlog on your journeys? Yeah. So uh, another interesting fact, um, I'm doing a little bit of vlogging now and it's just kind of like my, uh, you know, I selfie shots of, of my random thoughts throughout the day as, as I kind of go throughout this process. But my friend actually hired a videographer to come out with us. So he's going to be doing a, a lot of vlogging and stuff. I think that video as a medium, it's just persuasive and like, it's a cool way to, to interact with, with people as well. Um, something I'm toying around with, I think maybe you should think about it too, is like uh, uh, videotaping the podcast, right? Because you can listen to this on 
on Anchor, you can listen to this on iTunes, but like seeing your face, seeing that you're an actual human being, I think is pretty interesting. Too. Yeah, I know. When I first started this, I was doing YouTube shows and I was doing two cameras and it looked really cool, but it's just, it's really a lot of work. Um, so that's awesome that yeah, you have a, yeah. a third person who's just doing that. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm pumped. It's exciting. Very cool, Paul. Well, I wish you the best of luck, and I hope you keep in touch. I'll certainly be following along, and thank you again for um, coming on the show. Thank you so much, and have a great day, everybody. You too. See you, Paul. Bye.